0: GM, GM, welcome to Web3 Academy, your trusted source for relevant and legitimate Web3 information so you don't fall behind the internet revolution. I'm Jay Bird and joined by my co-host Kyle Reedhead, and we believe that Web3 is going to change the world. That's why we're here to guide the world's top talent down the rabbit hole as you participate, contribute, and capitalize on the opportunity.
1: It's been a big week. It's been a really big week, some good, some not so good. It's a crazy week, but uh, we got lots of good things happening. That's what we're going to cover today. We're going to stay away from a lot of the bad, but we will touch on it. But when ARB token, it's happening. Andrew Saunders and the team, congrats. and They are launching or airdropping a token from Arbitrum. It's a big deal. And what the heck is an L3? If you've seen anything about this, there's something called an L3 that's coming out as well. We thought it ended at L1s and L2s, but no, there are more Ls in our future but also AI is taking over the world. We have to talk about this. I think this is a really big deal. We're gonna talk about where this is all going on this episode. Meta, meta is sunsetting its NFTs. If you were playing around with NFTs on Instagram or I guess Facebook, they gone, see you later. And as usual, big news in Web3 Gaming. Big news or like, I guess it's all news. It's not really ever big like this thing happened. (laughs) It's big, this thing's gonna happen. Anyway, we're gonna cover more of that as per usual. We got a great episode today.
0: I'm stoked. I am stoked. I like the way you uh, described what the news is in Web3 Gaming. Anticipation. Big anticipation. Things to come. Things to come. So let's do some gratitude. Yeah, what are you grateful for? Why you start us off? I'm grateful for drugs. Uh, not the illegal kind. Kyle just about spit his coffee all over the computer there. I'm not talking about the illegal drugs. I'm talking about the legal over-the-counter. I'm talking about Neocitrin talking about Tylenol cold and flu, you know, <laughs> I've been super sick this week and I don't know how I would survive without these things. Shout out to anybody who, you know, our grandparents who just like fought off colds all on their own. I feel like I'm just a big sissy now. I'm like, where's my neocitrate? like, I need my humidifier to keep me nice and, you know, my temperature in my room. I'm just, maybe it's because I wasn't feeling
1: well, but I'm I'm a weakling, I think. You are weak. I've but never it. taken Neocitrin, bro. What? Never. Really? I don't. I've never taken a drug when I'm sick, ever. Wow. Guys, Cow is an AI and everything old health. <laughs> you know what my gratitude is? Illegal drugs. <laughs> <laughs> I am grateful for psilocybin. <laughs> <laughs> I can you know. You know what I am? I am grateful for psilocybin. Uh, did you have more you wanted to add there? No, no. Okay. So I will tell you. A buddy of mine, he makes these like microdosing pills with psilocybin. So from mushrooms. And then he includes like some of these like different, I don't know if they're like herbs or spices or like different properties in it anyway, that are like good for your brain and good for different things. So anyway, it's like 0.1 or something psilocybin and it's this little microdose pill. You take it every morning. And basically what it does is sort of like triggers a bit of a response in your body to increase your like serotonin, your dopamine and like gives you some energy. You don't trip out at all from it. A lot of people are doing this. It's a pretty big thing. A lot of like Silicon Valley and that, but a lot of like biohackers do this. And it creates like this three hours at least of pure focus. And you can just like get shit done and you just have so much energy. It's pretty incredible. He gave them to me for my birthday back in December, funny birthday present, but I've been using them. I didn't use it today actually, but they're pretty awesome. I'm grateful for illegal drugs, which I think are gonna become legal soon enough, at least in Canada,
0: for sure. For sure. I mean, they already are legal for like a lot of testing, right. psilocybin and various used to be illegal drugs. So, wow. This is a gratitude that <laughs> did not expect it to go this direction. <laughs>
1: we got some announcements. Kai, what's going on in the Web3 Academy world? Yeah, Jay missed this because he was sick. So we're glad to have Jay back. That's my other gratitude is that Jay's here and alive and well and on the show. He's maybe a little bit slow today, but he is here. But we had our first pro meetup last uh, yesterday. We had about 20 or so of our pro members show up. It was inside our Discord in the private channels, a token gated channel. It was awesome. It was so great to meet the 20 or so of you that came in. We got to learn who you guys were, you know what you guys do, why you're part of Web3, why you're a part of Web3 Academy and what you're doing here with pro and what you wanted from Pro. and So I got to just learn like, who is it that's reading this stuff? What else can I do to support you guys? What other events, experiences and things can we create? It was just incredible. So thank you everyone for showing up. Really what I learned was, it's a variety of people from all around the world who just love Web3, they wanna stay in the forefront and they're all doing really cool things, whether that's building businesses, whether they're founders, entrepreneurs, freelancers, designers. It was a mix of things, but ultimately everyone wanted the internet to become a better place for all of us to have digital rights, to seize the opportunity from this all and to be a part of building and creating in the space. So it was really, really cool to meet all of you and really, really excited for that. We're going to have more in the future. If you're not yet a pro member, I highly recommend you do so because we are building one of the coolest communities, I think, in the space. Probably should have been my gratitude. I went the drug route. I don't know why, but <laughs> I mean, I'm very much grateful for the pro members. Uh, and finally, congrats to, I guess, Raul. And Yakuza, our social media team, we reached 10K followers on Twitter. Somehow they beat me. I've been stuck just underneath for a long time. And I've been around a lot longer than the Web3 Academy on Twitter. So a little bit embarrassing, but uh, kudos to the Web3 Academy team and to everyone following us on Twitter. If you are not yet following us, go to at Web3 Academy with an underscore at the end. They're producing tons of amazing content over there. It's a lot of fun, cool memes, and just informative stuff. If you want to keep on the forefront, that, my friends, is the place. To be okay before we get into this episode, let's take a quick second to hear. From our sponsors. The future of social media is here, and that future lives in Web3 on top of Lens Protocol. Web2 social platforms are broken and ripe for disruption. You see, the epicenter of social media is the creators, and yet they are the most neglected. Web2 platforms like Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram are all essentially robbing creators of their worth. Creators are a new type of entrepreneur, forming new types of businesses. Yet with Web2 platforms, creators don't own their content or their profiles, and that's their product and business. Instead, they are tied to the platforms they choose to create on. Well, just like how crypto is freeing us from banks, Web3 is freeing us from these centralized platforms. On Lens Protocol, creators own their content, own their profile, and even their social graph and followers in the form of NFTs. This allows you to move freely from one social application to another with your content, profile, and followers moving along with you. Lens Protocol enables self-sovereignty for your social graph and interoperability across the internet. At Web3 Academy, we believe this is the future of social, and that's why we've partnered with Lens to ensure that the path of social media is heading in the right direction. Visit lens.xyz to learn more today. Friends, welcome back. It's time to get into this episode. It is Thursday as we record this. Friday is most of you are probably listening to this unless you're watching here live on twitter or youtube what a freaking week it has been if you were on twitter or you saw what was going on this weekend you would have a few more gray hairs like i do usdc dropped from its peg and went down to like 88 cents over the weekend thankfully within about 48 hours or so it was back up to its peg and all was well at the same time banks are collapsing all over the place we're literally in the middle of a banking crisis right now things are happening all over the place now we are not going to get into that today. I think you've probably all had enough newsletters and podcast episodes that have talked thoroughly about this stuff. So Jay and I are just going to stay free from this, and this is going to be your free from FUD episode, free from banking crisis episode, because there's a lot of things happening in the Web3 space. It's a lot of building, a lot of innovation, and we want to make sure we're covering that and not just covering the the FUD and the scariness and doing clickbaity type content. We want to continue to keep us on the forefront. Although the weekend was crazy and there was a lot that happened. For example, Web3 Academy holds our treasury or part of our treasury in USDC. We take payment from clients in USDC. We pay our employees, some of them in USDC and some of our employees hold USDC because they're in countries where we can't pay them in US dollars uh, or from countries where they can't do that. So USDC is an integral part of our business, and I'm sure many others, especially those listening here to this podcast, if you're in the space, it's just a common tool that we use to facilitate payments in the exchange of, of money. And uh, so it was scary. It was scary, probably, for many of us. But hopefully, you know, we've all kind of learned and understand some of the risks we take. You know, precaution there. What a crazy week it was. The, the picture out on the screen here is the chart that I think no one will ever forget in this space, which was again USDC just completely collapsing off its peg and then recovering. Anyway. I think we're past it, Jay. Are you past it? I mean, you got super sick right after that. Was this the cause? <laughs> <laughs>
0: the stress of uh, a massive treasury. You know, there's what forty four billion USDC out there. Yeah, we had a big piece of that pie. So, through yeah. whales, well. we had some A sixteen Z investment. that was also in Silicon Valley Bank. You know, like we don't we don't talk about it. It's No big deal.
1: Jay's been uh, de-jetting and leveraging our treasury for the last couple of years. So he's done quite quite well. <laughs> And we, we hold a lot now. It's all in NFTs, bro. Sorry. Of. <laughs> that was the other common theme from the pro members is a lot of them had a lot of NFTs that are now worth next to nothing. They're in the same boat as you, Jay. Okay, let's get into some big news. Arbitrum, airdrop. We've had Andrew Saunders from Arbitrum on the podcast many, many times. We love the Arbitrum community. They're doing so much for the L2 ecosystem and for crypto in general and for blockchain and Web3. And finally, the thing we've all been waiting for, not really, but I think some people for sure are then our listeners, Arbitrum has a token and it is called the Arb Token and it launches next Thursday. The reason I bring this up is do not get scammed. There are going to be tons of scams in the coming week that say that you can claim a token if you connect your wallet. Don't do it. Do not do it. Only click on a link that is either shared from Arbitrum and double check the website, double check the Twitter if you get it from Twitter. And we will also share it on our Twitter, but only click links from people you trust. Don't get scammed, here, friends. I know it's going to happen from so many. Uh, But here's the scoop. 12.75% of the supply will be airdropped on March 23rd to those who have used the platform. It pays to play around and use, right? It pays to use this stuff because they want to drop you responsibility and governance over this protocol so why drop a token is the big question is it just for fun is it to just get people to speculate and hopefully grow their ecosystem by getting a bunch of people to fomo in not really i mean that's definitely part of the game but really the reason is to decentralize more parts of the Arbitrum tech so a token allows for there to be a new Arbitrum dao and this dao is going to be able to vote and govern the upgradability of the tech we call it so Arbitrum has a lot of decentralized components to their technology itself. So it's built as a protocol. There's a lot of things that they just can't do to it that there's no centralized risk. But part of it is that they can upgrade things. And there is a centralized risk to that because just the team of Arbitrum could do that. They could change things. Now this goes to who knows how many holders. I assume it's going to be in the maybe hundreds of thousands of holders. And they will all have the right to vote on the changes and things that are made for this ecosystem. So this is a big deal for those that are developing on the space. Now, of course, there's always speculators and stuff that'll hold on these tokens or dump them or whatever, people who use it. But really, this is important for all of the apps, the hundreds of apps that are being built on top of Arbitrum. Imagine Facebook, right? Or Instagram or whatever, where you build your business on, if you're a creator or LinkedIn or any of these gaming protocols that you build your games on for Apple, right? And you're in the app store. Imagine you get to vote on the direction that App Store goes, right? Or that Facebook goes. That's what this is doing For the hundreds of apps that are being built on Arbitrum. It's really, really cool. And this is why we love tokens. Well, this is one of the reasons why. And then I guess one other just piece of news to bring out here is. It's not just a token they're launching. They've also launched something called Orbit. Which is a layer 3. Or it's a technology to enable developers to launch customizable layer 3s. And what the heck is a layer 3? Hopefully those listeners here already know what a layer 2 is. If not, I don't know where. But somewhere I have explained L2s many times in different podcasts. So scan through our old content. A layer three is basically an L2 of L2s. <laughs> it's basically a roll-up that rolls up transactions on top of Arbitrum at L2, which then rolls up transactions on the L1 of Ethereum. And why is this cool? Why is this important? More scalability, right? So the purpose of a roll-up is that it gives something like 10X throughput as an L2, right? So an L2 is 10X that of an L1, at least. It could be much more depending on how well the tech goes. Well, if you think about an l3 that's 10x the throughput of an l2 and so what we have here is a 100x throughput An l3 is now a 100x throughput of an l1 and by throughput i mean how many transactions can occur within a certain second on a blockchain and so when you think of scalability this creates unbelievable orders of magnitudes more scalability So it's a really big deal, at least for developers, but it's a really big deal for all of us users as well because it's going to make the cost of transacting essentially nothing. So this will be the future and Ethereum continues to get pushed down the tech stack. And so really, really cool. Anything you want to add to
0: that, Jay? Two things I want to add on the L3 on Arbitrum Orbit. We need to get to the point where you can interact with crypto or NFTs, where you can interact with the blockchain in like milliseconds because that is going to be faster than our existing systems, our existing rails. Like you should be able to go into a store and purchase something using crypto this down the road and boom, it's done. It's faster than using your credit card right now. And that's exactly what this Arbitron Orbit will allow is that much faster transaction speed. And as
1: you said, at a much lower cost as well. Right, and one thing to add is for those listening that you're like, okay, do people care about L2s and L3s and blah, blah, blah? Like, no, they don't. And they won't, at least the mainstream won't. We will, and we do because we're nerds and we're early and we're on the forefront and we want to get this stuff and make sure it's built right. But in the future, no one will know that they're on an L3 or an L2 or an L1 or whatever. It'll just all happen in the app and we won't even think about this stuff, but we're at the phase where we're still building the underlying infrastructure of digital rights and that's what blockchains enables. So we're going to talk about this stuff because it's fun. And then
0: I just want to go back to this airdrop. We should be massively celebrating things like this. Like this is huge. People look at this and they think, Huge because of the money, right? Everyone's like, oh my gosh, there's an airdrop. I've used Arbitrum. I'm gonna get a whole bunch of tokens. I'm gonna to make a bunch of money. Like that's the splashy headline. That's the link that everyone's clicking. But what this is really about is decentralization. And we know that we have a problem with our current internet. It is too centralized. And when a company like Arbitrum decides to decentralize, we need to fricking celebrate that in a massive way because this is us creating a better future for our kids, for our world, for our companies, for our creators, for everybody to be able to interact with the internet in a much more decentralized way. And I don't think people fully grasp the magnitude of a decision like this. So shout out to the leaders at Arbushum for doing this. These are the
1: type of decisions that pave the way for a better future. Jay, for someone who's been bedridden for the last two days, you really pumped me up. That was a great sentence. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you for that. And I completely, completely agree. And if I was an emoji, I would be the salute emoji. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what do we got next? Uh, we got what I am just really pumped about right now. And that is artificial intelligence. Well, actually it's not even just that. It's technology in general. We're gonna go about this conversation in a few ways. Well, we're gonna talk about artificial intelligence. That's been the talk of the week. GPT-4 was just launched. Uh, which is a really big deal. Google actually just launched, they have added whatever their AI name is, I'm not even sure, into Google Workspace, which is pretty cool. So like it's in your Google Docs now, it's in your Google Team meetings or whatever that's called. I forget what that's called. But anyway, it's in all of those different things and it's pretty incredible. But what I want people to understand here is technology right now is going exponential, okay? And when I say technology, I'm talking AI as one of them, robotics, crypto, Like all of these different technologies are going exponential on their own. So they're all getting adopted exponentially. Okay, we've talked about this a lot for crypto, but it's happening right now for AI. It was the fastest adoption of any technology ever. 100 million users in like two months. Uh, ChatGPT is actually the most insane thing ever. And so that is exponential growth. And then we have this with like robotics getting put into factories. But the thing to understand here is that not only are these technologies getting exponential growth on their own, but they each then impact each other, okay? So the exponential adoption of AI means that crypto can be adopted and built much faster. And then the adoption of crypto means that robotics and AI can be adopted much faster and can function much faster through faster payments and things like that. The adoption and exponential growth of robotics means that AI can be built faster and crypto can be used more frequently. And it's just like they all are intertwined And so they're all growing exponentially, exponentially, okay? It is a mind-blowing thing to understand. And what I'm trying to get at here is the world is about to change extremely fast, faster than it has ever changed ever, because technology has never reached this sort of inflection point at so many different technologies, okay? I didn't even add, like, there's, like, Starlink, for example, or, like, you know, global internet. 5G, so faster internet, computing, all of these things are exponentially being adopted. And again, if we have internet around the entire world, we can get more people on the internet. If we have 5G, we can do more on the internet. If we can compute faster, we can, again, do AI faster and do robotics faster. Like All of this stuff is all coming together at once. We, they call it the exponential age. The next five to 10 years are going to be just absolutely insane. And so I just wanna start with that so we see what's going on here we are going to start covering more of these other technologies as well. Ones that are specific to Web3. We're probably not going to go into like robotics and things like that, but we will be talking more AI. We will be talking a little bit more metaverse, immersive experience stuff. By the way, if you watch us to do that, there's a poll if you're listening to Spotify. So go check that out in the Spotify app. You can just go and like tap on the poll and tell us if you want to hear more about AI and things because there's a lot happening in the space and we want to make sure that we're giving you guys what you want. So really cool things that have come out from GPT-4, which just launched, I think it was Tuesday. And the things that are already happening are nuts. So if you scroll down here, someone built Pong, remember the game Pong, someone recreated the game Pong with ChatGPT in 60 seconds. You create a game in 60 seconds. Let's keep scrolling down. There's some other different use cases here that are really interesting. GPT-4, one of the things that it can do is it can read and understand images. So you can put a picture into GPT-4 And it can take that image and like comprehend what is on that image and then like talk to you about that image. Okay. Or do things based on that image. Like you want to take a picture of a plant. It can tell you what that plant is, tell you how much you should water it, et cetera. Well, what this person did here, we have up, someone has a napkin where they wrote an idea for a business. They put the title, they put the product, three sentences, that's it. And they give a little bit of a drawing of like what the website could look like. Literally, it's just a box with the title and a menu. And it's on a napkin written in pen. They took a picture of it, they uploaded it into GPT-4, and it built them a website in less than a minute for their product in their business. Just think about how incredible that is. And like, look, the website's not perfect, but they have a website that is working already in less than a minute from something that was on a napkin. <laughs> that is unbelievable. In terms of crypto, there's another one. I think if you scroll down, it might be on the next one. Drugs. There you go. What's that one? Let's, let's look into that. That's the theme of the episode, right? <laughs> <laughs> so what they did is they actually took a protocol. They put the code into GPT-4 and they said, can you look for any vulnerabilities or how this might be hacked? And within less than a minute, GPT-4 figured out how it could hack this protocol. Now, what's interesting is this is a protocol that was actually hacked years ago. And the way that gpt found the vulnerabilities is the exact way that this thing was hacked years ago so gpt4 is not just like i don't know take over some copywriting or something for you we can now use this in terms of how it's going to make crypto build faster and better is like every piece of code i need now you just throw it into here and it can audit it for you right now is it going to be perfect no but it's going to get rid of a lot of bugs that you might have missed or that you needed to hire another person for and or that you needed to like get a second opinion on that would probably take a couple days for someone to review it. Instead, you can get at least a first pass. It's not perfect, but you can get your first pass through in one minute. The thing that I realized when I started playing around with this is I was getting to help me with some writing stuff and writing is difficult. Same with coding and you know reviewing, auditing, stuff like this, where it takes brain energy to actually think about it, and do it. This doesn't take any brain energy because it's not an actual like human brain. And so at 11 at night, when I'm done, someone's done coding an app, Instead of them going and trying to review at 11 at night, they can go to sleep and instead toss this into GPT-4 and it'll give them a nice review. They wake up the next morning and now they know a bunch of bugs that they can fix. and They didn't have to do anything or stay up later, or any of that kind of stuff. So it's a really, really, really big deal. And just, it might be a bit scary. Some things are happening here. They're happening really fast, but it is going to accelerate the innovation that we have in the crypto and Web3 space. And that I'm really excited about. Not to mention, just make your life more efficient and more productive. So, a lot of cool things here. And we're gonna start covering this more frequently. Jay, anything you want to add? Are you scared or what? No,
0: I'm stoked, man. You're bringing the energy for me today. That's for sure. You're getting me fired up, man. I love it. Nothing to add on that. I agree with everything you're saying. It's an exciting time. And if you're not using AI, start using it because it's your best friend that will keep you ahead for sure.
1: And if you are not subscribed to Web 3 Academy newsletter, do it because we're going to be talking more about the developments in the space. And if you're a pro member, you may or may not start to get tips on how to use this stuff to make your life more efficient, to make your business more productive, and many other things that might benefit a founder, entrepreneur, or just someone who wants to stay on the forefront of the internet. So that's a bit of alpha for you. And for our pro members, mad respect. We were talking a little bit about AI at our meeting. What's next, Jay? Yeah, next up,
0: Meta has decided to pull the plug on their NFTs in Instagram and Facebook. So we got a announcement from Stefan Casriel, I think is how you say his last name. He's the commerce and fintech lead at Meta. And essentially he's saying that they are winding down digital collectibles, which are NFTs, to focus on other ways to support creators, people, and businesses. So they just launched this 10 months ago, and now they're winding it down pretty quick turnaround in an experiment but i think that Meta is a public company they need to focus on revenue they need to focus on profit they weren't making enough revenue and enough profit from this which isn't a surprise because they launched this 10 months ago when they thought nfts were going to blow up and Mm -hmm. then all of a sudden things changed and the nft market dried up and people didn't care about it now there was some exciting things happening we saw a bunch of Artists do incredible drops on Instagram, sell out their drops in very short periods. So we were pumped about it. We were excited to see the potential. Our buddy Jeff Kaufman from Over a Jump predicted that Instagram would be the one that onboarded the mm-hmm. next billion users. Right. Because if you could just mince an NFT directly on Instagram, that's a quick way to start getting
1: everybody into Web3. <laughs> Jeff, my prediction was Reddit last year when you said that. I'm just saying, buddy, we might have to get you back on and we can have this talk, but I might be winning. I don't know. Here's the question. They say that they're focused on other ways
0: to support creators because I truly hope they are because we all know that the biggest issue with Meta is there's no way to monetize as a creator directly on their platforms. Actually, the opposite. Facebook is monetizing off of your community and your audience and they're making the money, not you. Now, they did recently launch a subscription product where a creator who has a large following can offer a subscription to their following. I saw Jerry News do this. So for $6 a month, you could subscribe to Jerry News. I'm not going to lie. I struggled to see the benefit of that subscription. It just didn't seem to get you a lot of extra things, extra access, but it's a new product. And maybe that's their way of, of supporting creators. In the end, I just hope that Meta supports creators and helps them monetize and doesn't just continue to take, take, take.
1: Look, I think the model they're gonna go after, in my opinion, is the subscription model, right? Paywalled content. So there's gonna be paywalled content on Instagram. And if you wanna see that extra content, then you're gonna to have to pay for it, right? Kind of like what we do with Substack, right? A lot of newsletters are this way. There's a lot of products that do this, right? So I get it. It's kind of the typical next step here. They need to diversify their business because ad revenue I think is is hurting. And so mm-hmm. I get it in terms of what Facebook's doing. Short-sighted in my opinion, I think they have to make moves right now. They just had to re- fire or let go 10,000 people. So that's a big deal. Obviously we're in a crunch right now where businesses need to be worried about profit. And so it's like, let's cut the fat. Right now, NFTs, were not driving anything for them in terms of revenue. Probably was taking a lot of resources. Maybe Apple was playing a role here because they don't want NFTs. In their platforms and so maybe there was some pushback there and so that was costing again extra resources I'm not quite sure that's just pure speculation uh, but maybe but ultimately they think that doing subscriptions is a better option look it'll probably work in the short term that's just what people are used to so it does kind of make sense the only thing I would say is it's a short-term move because it is so obviously going that content is going to be put on the blockchain that content is going to be in the form of a non-fungible token for many reasons one It opens up more opportunities to monetize, right? And kind of freedom to monetize. It opens up interoperability to bring your content across different platforms. So we've seen this. It lends both of those things playing out. It gives rights to your content, which of course creators are going to want. More and more creators are realizing this. So like for sure, this is the way it goes. Does it happen now? I don't know how long this takes. Does it happen on Instagram? Looks like no, but it's going to happen. I can tell you that. The other reason why this is going to 100% happen and it needs to actually happen soon is because of AI. Why do I say that? Because already you can create images, you can create content with AI, but what's happening now with deep fake AI is, for example, I can upload a video of me, this video right now, and AI can learn how I talk, how I move, what my video is like, and basically it can recreate that with any script I want. I can write a script, And then I can recreate that video and it'll make a video that looks just like me and sounds just like me. And it looks like I record this, but I didn't actually record it, which means like, that's cool. Okay. Now I can create so much content for everyone that I don't actually have to record anything. I can do it in my sweatpants. I don't have to like wear a nice shirt and have a nice background because it'll just do it for me. However, what's scary is you could also just do that for me or any listener here could just do that for me. I mean, what's going to happen with elections? Anyone can make a video of Joe Biden saying whatever the heck they want. Russia can make videos of Joe Biden and do whatever. So now you have no idea what content is actually real and fake on the Internet. And that's not there yet, though, like I guarantee you a certain percent of content you are reading right now online is fake and you just have no idea, and you have no way to verify. Content has to go on blockchain as a result of AI. Otherwise, we're all screwed. (laughs) (laughs) So, and and why does it go on the blockchain? What does this mean? It means that someone sees a video of me, for example, saying something. If it's a bit edgy, well, they can go, wait a minute. Did Kyle actually post this? And they can go and verify on the blockchain that I actually posted this. That it came from kylereadhead.eth. And that's how I can prove to my audience that this is my real content that I'm creating. Anything that is posted not from kyloriha.eth, you now should think this is probably not his actual stuff. And so features will be built around that where you don't actually have to go to Etherscan and look through that. It'll be some sort of automated thing. We'll start to build a whole new ecosystem around that. But that is the way that social media must go. Otherwise, social media is useless to everybody. So Instagram, I'm sure gets that. But for now, they're moving a different route. This is why major companies always get disrupted and get left behind
0: because they become too big, they're not agile, and they have to focus on profit and revenue. And right now is when the Web3 social graph is being built on the blockchain to do exactly what you're saying, Kai, to ensure that we have proof of creator, proof of who the actual creator was. And... Somebody's building that right now. Somebody's building that on Lens and that is happening. And Facebook just announced that they are no longer going to be building that and they're going to get left
1: behind. Maybe they're just waiting out to see what social graph wins or maybe they're building their own social graph. We don't know. But let's just say, for example, that Lens wins this battle of, you know, there's DSO, there's or there's other ones. But let's just say it's Lens, okay? And over the next couple of years, it starts to gain hundreds of millions of, of users. It's not hard for Facebook to move their interface over to Lens. And now they can provide way better experiences than I'm sure everyone else, all these other apps on Lens, because most of the apps on Lens right now are like a one-person team. Facebook, if they move to Lens, they would obviously dominate, right? And so like, I don't know, they still have opportunity to disrupt themselves and to like move with this industry. And they don't have to make the decision now because it's still so early. Like all these are still in beta. Arcaster Lens are all still in beta, right? So like the thing is, if I just came up with that idea of why we need to have our content on the blockchain, like Facebook is... Mark's smarter than me. I'll tell you that for free. (laughs) Mark is much smarter than I am, so I'm sure he gets this. Maybe not, but whatever. But is he smarter than AI, Kyle? (laughs) I don't know. Ain't nobody smarter than AI. What's up next? Oh, ETHOS, okay. ETHOS 2.0 is here. This was a pretty big deal at um, ETH Denver for anyone that was there. And what ETHOS is, is a new operating system. Well, I mean, it's been around for a little bit, but a updated operating system for Android phones. And so basically on Android phones, you can choose different operating systems. Just like anyone who is above the age of 30, if you've had a computer back in the 90s, you had your computer and it didn't do anything until you uploaded an operating system onto it, right? You had to upload Windows 95 is typically what it was back in the day. It was kind of the only one. So Android phones are the same, except when you buy like, let's say Google Pixel, it's an Android phone. It already has the Google operating system on it, right? Just like when you have an iPhone, you have an iOS operating system, which is on it already. But on Android, you can change your operating systems if you'd like. And so and now a new option is the ETH operating system. I think it only works right now on Google phones for some reason, but it will be available to all Android phones in the future. Now, what does this OS do? It is essentially an OS which is native for Web3 features. So your wallet becomes native to the operating system, your seed phrase. But what this does is it gives you a native Web3 browser, okay, which allows you to interact directly with Web3 apps with no issues. There is a app store called the Aura App Store, which allows you to download normal Web2 apps, like let's say Discord, Twitter, et cetera, and also any Web3 app, like the new Uniswap wallet that we talked about last week, or OpenSea, et cetera. And on those apps, there are no 30% fees. And so those apps can function just like they do on desktop, how we currently use them, or like in a browser, And so now you can have a Web3 native experience on your phone without all the bullshit that Apple brings along with it. And I don't know if Google is bringing this stuff along with it too, but that is really cool. It also has other cool features. When you start to have native Web3 features, you can have things like NFT to mint app, meaning you can take a picture and it immediately just mints it as an NFT. We talked about this with Solana mobile phone. Now this can be done through your Android device on ETHOS. It has XMTP messaging native to the phone. So We had the founder of XMTV on the podcast and we talked about this sort of decentralized messaging platform that connects a lot of the Web3 apps. That is also now native into the phone and you can use that, which is really, really cool. A lot of, I guess, UX upgrades to Web3 and just like features that aren't possible when you don't have a Web3 native operating system. So really, really cool. Excited to see that sort of hopefully grow and gain some adoption.
0: Yeah, I think it's amazing. I mean, you think about having a wallet directly into your mobile operating system, like the UX of wallets. And we're obviously in the middle of a wallet series right now where every Monday we're dropping another show all about wallets. And we just keep talking constantly with all these, with Ledger, with Exodus, with Argent, with Brave about how UX is such a problem in wallets. And so a uh, Web3 mobile operating system really allows that. And also we need more mobile in web three, which we don't Mm -hmm. really have yet. So super exciting. My question about this stuff is just, does this matters to a small group of people? Not many people are going to adopt and use this. Definitely not mainstream. Mainstream is not the type of person that's going to go download a new operating system on their Google phone, right? Most mainstream mostly has Apple phones. So I guess really exciting innovation, but this isn't the innovation that's going to push it mainstream. This is the innovation that is like the step before mainstream, where somebody sees this, they use this new OS, and then maybe somebody at Apple is like, okay, how do we integrate this into our phone? Or somebody at another f- company that can make the mainstream move.
1: Or the use cases on Web3 become so good. This is how the web three adoption will come no matter what. This is what happened with chat GPT as well. It like, it's like, is so good. It changes our lives for the better so much that I have to use it. And it does not matter what I have to do to get it. The internet was this, right? In the 90s, if you wanted to download all of the music on Napster, which a lot of people want to do, it's what brought me to the internet and say with you, Jay, in order to do that, I had to get my parents to buy a computer. This was like a thousand dollars at the time, at least and my parents did not make a lot of money. They had to get the internet hooked up physically in our home. If we wanted to use the internet, we couldn't use our phone, which was the main (laughs) way that we communicated back then. Then I had to get an operating system, right? Microsoft and go and buy a disc, put it in my computer. I think at the time it was a floppy disk, upload this operating system, install it. Then I had to figure out a way to get like internet Explorer button on my desktop, click on that, get into the internet. Then I had to go and find out how to download Napster And then I could finally use this thing, which was also terrible and took hours to download music. The worst UX ever, okay? Not even close to the Web3 problems. Mm -hmm. And yet we did it, why? Because it made our lives so much better. And so the only way that Web3 really gains adoption is the same thing. It has to make our lives better. And right now, it just doesn't do that yet for most people. In emerging markets, it 100% does that. People who are using USDC or other cryptocurrencies, that just like their currencies are inflating away. So they have to use these kind of things. It's the only way that they can keep value, right? Or send value back to their family without ridiculous fees. So like in that instance, it's made their life so much better that they don't care what the UX is. They're gonna use it regardless. We haven't done that for mainstream purposes of games, of social, of all those kind of things yet. What will do that? I don't know, but when that happens, then people will go and they'll download EOS. Or like you said, other bigger companies will adopt it. So I don't know when that'll come, but someday it shall come.
0: Kyle, coming with the hot takes today. I really like it. Let's keep rolling.
1: This is great. What do you got next for us, Kyle? Speaking of gaming and things that might bring in the mainstream, Epic Games, which is the creator of Fortnite, I believe. Do you not have any idea, Jay? Yeah. I just, yeah, okay. Creator of the, the most popular game in the world is expecting to add nearly 20 crypto enabled games to its online marketplace within the next year. Now, this is not Epic Games building these games specifically, it's they have another marketplace where anyone can build games and you can put them in there, but it accesses their billions of users or whatever it is. And so there's going to be 20 games at least, which are crypto enabled. So they use crypto inside of them. Maybe one is GTA, which we've talked about a couple of times. Maybe, I don't know. I have no idea if GTA is even in Epic Games, but five of them are already ready in some capacity. They're either in beta or like ready to go live. And so more will be coming, which is a big deal. We've also seen Unity that we talked about a couple of weeks ago, which has opened up Web3 features to all of their developers and all of their games. So I think the race to bring digital rights and digital ownership to gaming is happening right now. And that is a really big deal because gamers, these younger, well, they're not all young, but a lot of them are young. They get digital goods. They already buy things. They already live in the metaverse. This is their world. And so once they have the ability to actually own and trade and create value from this stuff, It's going to be a game changer, and this will just be the thing that onboards many, many of them. So that's really cool. There's also some like speculation around Epic Games creating a wallet, like to allow us to like integrate with this stuff and make it more native to the Epic Games experience. But I don't know any details about that. That's just kind of a rumor at the moment. So I don't know. It's coming. It feels like the song that
0: we've been singing over and over and over again of web3 gaming is here it's coming here it is another announcement and it's true because it takes a long time to build good games so it makes sense but it is I feel like every week we have a web3 gaming announcement but yet at the same time everyone's like show me the web3 game that everyone's playing and cares about it's not there yet so exciting things on the tech side the builders are building the games are coming The funny thing to me about gaming is just the gaming community does not like NFTs, but at the same time, they love buying in-game items and then not owning them. It's just, it's going to be such a natural fit when it happens. It's just the media really has made gamers hate NFTs because they hate the word NFT, which is why we always say don't use crypto or blockchain or Web3 lingo when you are launching your product
1: it's not even that it's again just games haven't created a good enough experience with nfts the moment that you can take your thing that you want or wear and move it to another game they're all gonna go whoa Mm. like what this is insane and they're all gonna love it and it's gonna be a bull market in the gaming space but again those experiences aren't there and so right now like what can you do with nfts you can speculate on a couple monkeys who gives a shit i don't blame them you know what i mean like I don't want these stupid monkey pictures in my fucking game. Of course, they don't like it. But once the use case is there for them, they're all going to love it. Someone's got to crack that code. Someone will. And uh, I think it'll happen sooner or later. So that's cool. I agree. Okay, next up, Audius
0: releases token-gated content feature. So we have talked about Audius a few times in the newsletter and on the show. Audius is basically a Web3 version of Spotify. So it's a music listening app, except it's built on Web3 Rails. So creators get paid out in Audius token based upon the number of listens they get, and fans get to support their creators directly by listening and engaging with the music. And now, just a few weeks after Spotify announced that they did this, Audius was quick to follow suit. So what this allows is a NFT community can have gated content for their fans. So either an artist could do this, a musician, I should say, when I say artist, I mean a musician could do this, or or of yacht club could do this. They could say, hey, we've partnered with these musicians and the only way you can access these songs is by owning our NFT. So we talk about this all the time. What blockchain enables is more access for your fans, to you directly to you as the creator. And this is a very simple way that can be done. It almost reminds me of Kai, you remember when there would be like hidden songs on CDs or tapes back in the day, I mean, mid eighties, baby. So I had tapes for a little bit, but the tape would be over. Like, according to (laughs) what songs were on it, there would be no sound for like a few minutes and then there would be a hidden song right Right. that's probably a mistake (laughs) (laughs) so you can imagine somebody having that rihanna releases an album and she says okay here's the album but there's one song that i've made Uh, it is only for my fans my select group of fans you have to own an nft funny enough rihanna does have an nft collection so you could probably see
1: or or partnerships with other communities now yes. uh, You can say like if you hold, I don't know, a board API club, for example, you can listen to this song. And so that mm-hmm. creates utility for other tokens and other creators. So like if you have a remix, right, there's a song with Rihanna, but also, I don't know, Jay-Z and whoever else on a song. Mm-hmm. Now you have their tokens and everyone can listen to it. So you can really create some cool stuff. Jay-Z, Jay-Z, big CryptoPunk
0: backer, right? So Jay-Z gets involved. He's involved in CryptoPunk community, and he says, okay, all the CryptoPunks get
1: access to this. Yeah, he owns one. I don't know if he's actually in the community, but... True. (laughs) If
0: you own one, there's only 10,000, aren't you, in the
1: community then? Jay-Z doesn't need to be a part of a 10,000 community. The guy's like... He's got his own (laughs) billion community, yeah. That's that. You know what's funny? What you got me thinking about with this whole tapes things, is for those that are, I don't know, under the age of 30. So Raul, our Twitter chip poster, would have no idea of this. Probably never heard of this in his life. But when we wanted to listen to a song, like we wanted a song that we could listen to anytime we wanted, we had to use a tape, which I know he probably doesn't even know what a tape is. I'm not even going to explain it because I don't even know how. But basically, you had to listen to the radio, whether it was in your car or whoever else, put a tape in. When the song was just about to start, you had to click record. (laughs) And then you would record the song. And then when the song was done, you had to click stop. (laughs) And now you had the song on your tape and you could listen to it whenever you wanted. (laughs) Well... Let's be clear. That was if you wanted to steal the song. You could go out and buy the tape. <laughs> so <laughs> That's if you wanted to make your own mixtape. Oh, exactly. the song. Yeah, but that's what we all did. You
0: make mixtapes for your girlfriends. Totally. Well, I mean, that's what we've all done in the music. We've made stealing music so widely acceptable that it's totally screwed the music industry over. And it's gonna take a while for that to build back. But I think blockchain and trustless technology will build that back. I wanna add one more quick thing here. Audius also recently launched a tipping feature. And this is also really cool. So if you're a listener of an artist, you're listening, let's say so you're listening to that artist, their new song drops and you're listening to it. You could tip them directly in the app. So you're like, oh my gosh, I love this song. I wanna tip you for this. You can tip using the Audius token directly in the app. Like tipping is a really interesting use case that I think we're going to see come out for creators more and more.
1: Which is how YouTubers work. What most don't understand with the music industry is musicians are now just creators, just like a social media creator. Social media content is all free. YouTube content is all free. And musicians, their content is now free and they get paid in other means. It's not to buy their songs anymore. That's not a thing. We don't buy people's content we don't buy right now. We don't buy people's YouTube videos, but they still make a shit ton of money. And why? Because they can do in real life events. They can go on tours. They can sell merch. They can do paywall content. They can do other things. I think the music industry doesn't quite figure that out. It's taken them decades.
0: I can't anyway. wait to dive into the creator economy and yeah, something we've been talking a lot about doing in the next month on the show and in the newsletter because we can keep talking about this. Well, let's go to the next story.
1: Yeah, we're going to do a series coming up. Right now we're doing the wallet series. That'll end in the first week or so of April. And then we're going to do a creator economy series where we're going to talk all about how that's, what's going on in that world and how that's changing with web three. Speaking of creator economy, Mir launches subscribe to Mint. So Mir is a blogging slash like newsletter type platform where you can write articles and mint them as NFTs. They don't have great functionality to like email your newsletters. You'd connect your wallet which sucks right now because you can't communicate with those who connect their wallet. It's not that great of an experience as someone who like writes articles. So like I would never use mirror because I can't get a following or a subscriber base as a result of that. Right. People could collect my articles. Sure. Whether they're free or paid, but like that's about it. I can't do anything with them, which to me in this day and age, it makes no sense to ever write a blog or an article. If you can't also email it to your subscribers. So for me, Mirror has always been a little bit useless. Paragraph has been around, which has kind of been more Web2 native in terms of just like having email first. Anyway, Mirror has finally done this. In order to collect on on Mirror, collect one of these posts, you have to admit one of them. You have to actually give your email. And so you actually have to subscribe to that person's newsletter, which is great. This makes complete sense. If you want to admit, give your email. The means of communication distribution is more important than anything. And so that should always be first for any platform. That is in the creator world, right? You need to distribute. Otherwise, there's no point in creating on there. And so Mira is now doing that and allows for that. This goes back to our t conversation as well of X to Mint, which was on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, where you have to do things to mint something. And this way, you need to give me your email if you want to collect my article, which is also pretty cool. So love to see it. Many innovations happening in the space.
0: Love it. Okay, before we get on to our person of the month and some quick hits coming at you from NounsDAO and a couple others, let's just take a minute to hear from our sponsor. Shared
1: ownership is revolutionizing the way we think of digital ownership. Did you know that you can benefit from the utility of a Bored Ape Yacht Club, CryptoPunk, or Azuki without actually spending tens of thousands of dollars to buy it? How? By buying an access key to the asset. You see, with Segment, you can now buy and hold parts of an expensive NFT and share in its ownership and utility, like airdrops or exclusive access. As an owner of a high-profile NFT, you can distribute ownership with access keys and create liquidity for yourself. It's a win win -win situation plus the ownership and transfer of these keys are managed on chain which ensures transparency and security and we want the web3 academy community to be on the forefront of this new wave of nft utility which is why we partner with segment a non-custodial nft platform set to launch in q3 of this year segment aims to allow users to easily create access keys and share ownership of nfts with other friends and community members. The team is going through their beta release soon and has opened up their waitlist for Web3 Academy listeners. If you want to stay in the forefront of Web3, sign up for Segment's waitlist today with the link in the show notes below. Shared ownership is a game changer and we want you to be there first. All right, welcome back. It's
0: time for the web three person of the month. We had a great showdown. This month we had Jonathan or Jonathan. He's from Sweden, so his name is difficult to pronounce. So he's from the favor team. We had Vitalik, Vitalik Buterin on the list. We had Punk6529 and we had Ronil, the founder of Audius. And Jonathan from favor
1: ran away with this one. Hold on, it- is he Swedish or Finnish? I think he's Finnish. Was he Finnish? Certainly. I think so, but I could be wrong. But I just want to make sure that we... I don't know. My
0: apologies. Here. This is a classic, <laughs> like, how being Canadian, we always get called American. You know, the Nordic uh, countries, unfortunately, all get blended together. He's from a Nordic country. <laughs> Great showdown. We had over 900 votes. Did this get botted or, or something? I like, don't This is the most votes we've ever had by far. And Jonathan ran away with this with over 86% of the votes. Beating out Vitalik and Punk 6529. I mean, that's serious competition to beat out. But let me tell you a bit why Jonathan won and why we picked him. Jonathan's creator of Favor. Now, Favor is one of the biggest apps built on lens protocol. And why we love Favor is because you can easily download it to your Android or your Apple phone and it works on mobile, and it gets you into decentralized social. The easiest way, really one of the easiest mobile apps to get you into decentralized social, and you can use it without having a lens profile. So make sure you go check out Favor and sign up. Also go back. We had Jonathan on the podcast back in September. He told a story of why he was inspired to start Favor. And it was because his grandma basically got rugged by Facebook because when she set up her Facebook account, she put in her wrong age. And then it didn't enable her to use Facebook in the way that a grandma would want to use Facebook to see photos of her grandchildren. It inspired him to get involved in decentralized social, which we're super excited about. So Jonathan, thanks for being a great builder. Congrats on the win. And yeah, just running away with a steep competition this week. That's that lens community.
1: That's right. First up, Vitalik on a date. Sell it all, my friends. Sell it all. He's gone. He's moved on. He no longer cares about Ethereum or our bags. He cares about whoever this female is in the picture. I actually don't even know if it's female. But whoever this human is, I don't even know if it's a human, actually. (laughs) Whoever this thing is at the table, Vitalik is gone. He's out. And I wish him the best in his relationship. But uh, I'm out. I'm selling it all, too, because without Vitalik, we are no longer. Who are we, really? <laughs> anyway, this thing just made it viral all over Twitter. And if I was hilarious, everyone was just like, uh-oh, it's over. I feel bad for Vitalik, though. Like, guy or God, some, poor guy. Poor guy. He's over some, can't some sushi or something. Or, yeah. And he can't even do that without getting a picture and going viral on Twitter. But we love you, Vitalik. Okay, Nounsdow has a film or is making a film? What's going on? Yeah, so Noun's DAO, which is one of
0: the largest DAOs in the space, it's built off the Nouns NFT collection, one noun mints every day for the rest of time. They have announced that they are going to make a feature-length movie. And what's so cool about this is we don't talk enough about the power of DAOs to fund projects. So the way this works is somebody from within out, put up a proposal and said, hey, I want to make a feature length movie. They actually made a short film that's about two minutes. I wouldn't even call it film. They made a two minute video showing what they could make. And the proposal passed. They got $125,000 in funding. And now they go get to make a movie. Now, $125,000 isn't exactly a lot of money to make a movie. So it's pretty light on the funding side, but that's because if you own a noun and you have governance as part of nouns DAO, you're not going to vote to give millions of dollars of your treasury to make a movie. You're going to vote to give a small amount to see how it goes. So they're giving 125000 The idea is what they're going to do. So they're not making a feature-length film. They're going to make a short film that could be expanded, like a pilot, basically, like the way you make a pilot for a TV show. And it could be expanded into something longer if it catches, if it goes, if people like it. I mean, it makes tons of sense to me. The one thing I will say about Nouns is not only are they a great community, those Nouns glasses have real brand potential. They have that feeling that the Nike swoosh has or the Adidas logos has. They are a logo that could become ubiquitous and spread across the globe. So uh, really exciting to see. Shout out Nouns. Excited to see your film. Next up. PeopleDAO lose 120000
1: via a Google Sheet hack. Oddly, around the same amount that NounsDAO just funded for their film, this is kind of, fu- I mean, it's hilarious, actually, but really sucks for whoever was the one in charge of finances at PeopleDAO. So there was a Google sheet that was like a financial Google sheet that was shared in their Discord. And it happened to be instead of view only, it was you could edit. And so someone just went in and made a new row and added their wallet address in and gave themselves 120K. And the next day or whenever it was, they went to go and actually execute all these transactions to pay out their expenses. They just nonchalantly paid some random $120,000 and it's on chain and you can see it so i don't even know what to say it really sucks for people down i mean they call it a hacker everyone keeps calling it a hacker this is not a hacker this was just someone who saw an opportunity typed a couple words in on their keyboard and got 120k for it so honestly kudos to you that's hilarious and like why not take the shot there was a good chance the person was just gonna go delete that i don't know i mean i hope they give it back come on I, yeah now, like Agree. You know, but I'd take a advantage. cut. I would take a cut. I'd give it back, but I'd take at least a ten percent for stupidity fee. Oh, savage. That's how the world used to work. If you give it all back, that person's not going to learn, right? Okay. Can we all just like love each other and get along? We can. Okay. Well, you got we next. need consequences. Beeple digital art gallery. Tell me more. Yeah. So
0: Beeple, one of the most famous NFT artists, because you might remember he sold a piece of NFT art for $69 million a few years ago. And he has announced the opening of a art gallery in Charleston, South Carolina. It's a 50,000 square foot space called Beeple Studios. And it's gonna be a space where artists can come and create art. There's gonna be a gallery. So it's a full, immersive, multifunctional space that is really going to push the space board. Why I love this is A, Beeple is an awesome artist he first became famous because he started making a piece of digital art every day and he did it every day for five thousand days and that's actually what the piece that sold for 69 million dollars of it is a collage of every single of his five thousand pieces but he's just a fascinating character because he was an artist first and then found digital and found nfts and now he's become this incredible spokesperson for the web3 and nft community and he's so genuine i don't know if you've ever seen a video of him kai this guy's not like some polished creator like he goes live on his instagram and he's like oh my gosh there's 1200 people on here watching me what's up everybody how you doing like he's the most casual authentic person i love the guy great leader in the space. Would love to go to South Carolina to check out Beeple Studios. If you're around there, make sure you go check it out. All right, next up, last one.
1: Doodles is no longer an NFT project. All right, prepare for rant. This got, just started going wild on Twitter today. Poopy, who I believe is the founder of Doodles, is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're for anyone listening, if my mom is listening to this, she's like, Poopy, founder of Doodles. What the hell are you talking about, Kyle? But anyway, so Poopy puts in Discord today i guess this was last night probably but he says we're trying to go from a startup to a leading media franchise we are no longer a in quotations nft project the more time money resources we invest in following the latest build in public in quotations trends that fuel speculation the less we have to achieve our long-term vision we are not going to spend any resources appeasing those with financial motivations we never have and never will if we are going to focus energy on any group of people it will absolutely be our most loyal collectors when i read this i go great. Bullish, they're going to build a business, right? They're not going to worry about all the dumb bullshit that's out there in the space. And they're just going to build a business. This is something I've been saying for well over a year now of we need to stop calling these things NFT projects because they're not kid's project where you get like a group project in grade three. It is a real business that needs to generate revenues for it to matter. And just because you have a bunch of people who own some images that represent that business, the images don't represent the equity of that business doesn't mean you need to go out of your way and cater to them every single day to tell them what you're doing. That's insanity. And why we expect that in the NFT world just is beyond me. And so what's hilarious when I see this is Twitter went nuts. All of these doodle holders were so upset. Everyone's saying it's going to tank the price and they're no longer bullish on doodles and they don't think that this is fair and blah, 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 blah. And all I have to say is Go cry me a river and thank God, doodles, that you are true business people and you're going to actually just focus on building a business because that's all that matters. And you know what? If the business succeeds, your 10K NFT project, those NFTs that represent the business, will probably do quite well. But if the business does not succeed, if they go bankrupt, your NFT images, okay, your JPEGs will go to zero. I promise you that, okay? The only thing that matters to you is if that business does well. And if you're not even involved in the business, you shouldn't have a say. You don't own equity in this business. Why do they need to come and update you every single day so that you know if you should buy or sell or hold onto your NFT? It's insanity. And I think kudos and so much respect to Poopy. Though it's hard to do that when your name is poopy because they're just like, they see this as a business, an opportunity. They're just going to go treat it as a business, which they should do. I don't know. For the rest of the people that just like can't wrap their heads around that and are like, oh my God, it's not a project. Leave, please sell your token and move on or something. I don't know. It has not crashed the floor price, but is now 3.5 ETH. It's Wow. It was slower. like eight or nine the other... I was looking a couple weeks ago because I was like, maybe I want to get a doodle I, I like them. And it was quite... You not financial advice, but what a time to buy a doodle. The best line <laughs> I heard was, what a time to ass. buy a doodle. <laughs> Hold on. I want to get that t-shirt. <laughs> a, what a time to doodle. <laughs> what a time to buy a doodle. That is... <laughs> lucan Nets, who is the owner
0: of Pudgy Penguins, he bought Pudgy Penguins, the NFT collection for $2.5 million about a year ago or something like that. He was recently on uh, Overpriced JPEGs, Carly Riley, friend of the show, great episode, go check it out. And he talked about what it's like to run a NFT project, I'm putting NFT project air quotes. It's like having a public company and a startup at the same time which is just the worst combination. You know, if you're in startup mode, you need to be agile. You need to be making decisions fast. You need to take big risks and you need to move quickly. If you're a public company, you have to go slow and tell everybody what you're doing and get your buy-in from all your stakeholders. And now Kyle's right. These NFT projects are not public companies. That's not what this is. Ownership of an NFT does not give you equity in that project. But that's essentially what most NFT owners act like. They act like, oh, I own equity in this project. So you must tell me what you're doing. You must build in public. You must involve me in every decision. And yeah, it's ludicrous. It's totally crazy. You're totally right. Trust the founders to go build a project and the value will flow back to you. I don't know how, and yes, the framework is new and there is no model for how value will flow back to the original nft holders but if you think about it in the way of if mickey mouse was built as an nft if star wars was built as an nft if these major because when we're talking about doodles or pudgy penguins these are going to be ip brands they are trying to be the next disney if disney had built their original ip of say it was a marvel character or a star wars character or mickey mouse if those have been nfts in the beginning those nfts will be worth a lot of money
1: and not only that so you said what the requirements are of the business like go be a startup go act fast do these things if you are an nft holder for this business what that means is you're a community member which means what are your requirements be a community participate in the community if you're the community member of i don't know the lumineers okay or jay-z because we already talked about him if you are a big fan of jay-z and you're a part of his community you like to go to his events you like to wear his merch. You like to be a part of those who love Jay Z. You don't ask Jay Z how much money he makes and what his next move is, and tell him to update you every single week. You just appreciate Jay Z, and you just talk to others who appreciate Jay Z, and you listen to his music, and you like you try to attend events and you do things, and that's great. Be a part of the community. If you are not a part of the community, sell your friggin' NFT because that's what an NFT represents: its ownership in the community not the business. You know what I mean? You're just so lucky that you happen to be a part of community in this new invention, this new idea of community that you can own where they can start to create more utility and actually give you access to events and all these things which Jay-Z cannot do for his community currently. I don't know. Check yourself before you wreck yourself. This is
0: why I said that, and I haven't sold all my NFTs by any means, but I am seriously considering selling all my NFTs and just getting back into ETH because I know where ETH is going. I can see... The path there nfts i can see it if you want to be an involved member of a community but as a
1: speculative asset who knows by the way i think you need to rephrase your word there NFTs is a very broad word to use he means yeah. pfp collections community based nfts okay is what jay well i don't even know but is what jay should be referring to there is a whole vast other world of NFTs. We think NFTs are the future. We are very bullish on NFTs. Specifically, these community-based NFTs, we don't know which ones are going to succeed and which ones are not. And I mean the right ones track. that I speculated on.
0: That's what I mean.
1: Right, right, right. I mean the ones that I
0: bought to make money. I didn't necessarily buy them to be in the community.
1: I bought them to make money. That was a bad idea. Yeah, hundred percent. You should sell those. I just said that. You're the people that I'm referring to two minutes ago. Yeah. Don't put me into it, generalized You're in it. People bucket. Come oh, on, search it. your Discord right now. I guarantee you're asking people for their financial statements. <laughs> what are you doing that? No, I'm just kidding. All right, Jay. That's a wrap, uh, my friend. I'll let you wrap it up. What a week. I think in
0: the most difficult weeks when things seem to be going crazy, still so many good things are happening. Stay focused on that. If you're listening on Spotify, we got a poll up on Spotify right now that you can vote on whether we should be having more AI involved in the show. We believe Web3 includes AI. So we're curious to know if you believe that as well. And if you're not subscribed to the newsletter, make sure you go subscribe to the newsletter and stay up to date during the week on everything that's happening. Thanks so much for listening. Have yourself a great weekend, everybody.
1: Thank you for listening to Web3 Academy. We hope this helps you along your Web3 journey. If it does, please share this episode and subscribe so you don't miss the next one. Nothing in this podcast was financial advice. Crypto and Web3 can be risky. You can literally lose it all. In fact, if you invest on account of what we say, you probably will lose it all. So don't do that. In all honesty, the point of this podcast is to remove the noise of markets and price and focus on utility implementation anyway. So you should not take any of this as financial advice. Thank you, friends, and see you in the next one.